Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Brisbane podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. We pray that this message is a blessing. Alrighty, this evening's reading is from the second uh, chapter of Philippians, and we're going 1 to 5 and then 12 to 16. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete and be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you and will put um, sorry, and God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you will shine like the stars of the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No worries. Good afternoon, everybody. It's so good to, uh, to be here. Thank you so much, Brent, for reading uh, that passage to us. That was the last couple of lines that just resonate in my heart as we among them shine like stars as we hold on to the word of life. If there is nothing more than what the world re- needs right now, are people that shine like stars as we hold on to the word of life. So um, where do I, who am I? Where do I fit? Um, Alex shared a little bit of my story. Uh, I organise and look after a, a team of people down on the Gold Coast called New Life Care. New Life Care is a charity that's been around since 1985. Predominantly we're involved in counselling and psychology, but um, one of the things as the mental health profession has developed, we are trying to uh, evolve our practice and our services to the New Life family of churches to be the care arm for all New Life care, all all New Life churches. So our goal is if there are projects and passions that sit in the hearts of people that you want to mobilize and catalyze and get things done that new life care can be a resource a charity a registered organization that can take and process deductible gift uh, recipient uh, status invoices donations to be able to seed and fund the work that you want to do then new life care is about empowering local people to bring local good to people in need So, yes, we're Rabina-based, but my goodness me, we just want to see Brisbane thrive. We want to see Morton thrive. We want to see Cooley thrive. We want to be able to see the passions 
that you have in your hearts come to life. So my hope this afternoon is um, just a couple of things to share that's a little bit about my background and where I landed and how I, uh, and how I landed at, at New Life Care. It's a really interesting story and it doesn't, um, it's not lost on me that we are in this building. Uh, this building over 100 years ago birthed things like Wesley Mission Queensland. It birthed things like Uniting Care Queensland, arguably the two largest social service organisations in our state, the largest employers of people that work for community that we probably have in our state, passions that came out of people that were sitting in the pews that you are now sitting in over 100 years ago. My great cry and pain is the level of disconnect now between what came out of a body of people in this building and is now operating independently with people, many of whom aren't even Christian, but have a heart for what Jesus has a heart for. They're operating in that community. My heart and my passion is to long to see the work that happens out in the community be reconnected with the body of Christ. Because let me tell you my story. I was captivated by Jesus' message. I was captivated by the gospel and I was overcome by this idea that I was chosen and called and set apart, that I had a great and glorious call on my life. Has anyone been passionate about this idea that Jesus has just got you, you know? And, and I'm just this really specific person that's going to do some incredible things until you look around and everybody apparently is incredible and doing incredible things. And, but I was passionately pursuing this idea of big and great and wonderful and pursuing this dream of being a life changer for Jesus in the community. Part of that was getting involved in the community. So out of my work in the church, I started getting involved in local groups in a neighbourhood centre. I started working with the Gold Coast City Council. I took on a role with them as a community development worker. I then had more and more opportunities to work outside of the church than in. The favour was away from the central connecting point, the body of Christ, if you like. I spent eight years working for the Benevolent Society where we were working with families who had children zero to eight who had incredibly high levels of dysfunction in their families. Many of those children were heading towards child safety. It was our task as an organisation to wrap support around those families. Many of those families were experiencing domestic violence and drug abuse and alcoholism, grief and trauma. It was, it, it, and, and as I was sitting in church on a Sunday, hearing messages about how we are called to make a difference, and impart the love of Christ, and that God has come to transform hearts and transform communities and transform lives. The Monday to Friday in the Benevolent Society, I didn't see any evidence of the church doing anything for these families. And my cry was, if this is supposed to be such a transforming message... And the chasm between these people's lives and what we hear on a Sunday is so wide. How do we build the bridges? I then spent five years working for the Domestic Violence Prevention Centre. I was working with and continue to run domestic and family violence uh, men's behaviour change programs. These are for men who have been um, convicted of DV offences under the supervision of probation and parole and have to complete a 27-week program. 
as I sit in a room with these men over 27 weeks hearing the stories, holding both the hurt and the harm that they bring to their families and also holding on the other hand the hurt and the harm from where they have come from and wonder where can reconciliation and rehabilitation come from other than a transformational impact with Jesus Christ. But he's not in that room. There is no connection to those people in the programs and the services that we offer. And my heart then was there again, where is the church in this space? It led me on a dark journey. It was a place of deconstruction is what I now know it as, where the foundations of what excited me about the gospel suddenly became disillusionment and, disf- and, and, and frustration. Because I knew that there was something about the gospel message. I knew that there was something powerful about the church. I knew that people sit in a building like this and dream and aspire to create organisations like Wesley Mission in United Care Queensland, and it happens. And I know that we can raise money for needs in our community. But I also know that there are people around and about our church that may never find their way in here. And my heart is, is how can we be that body of people? How do we shift and change our thinking? Because what the world needs right now, it, it needs church gatherings of people within the context of their community where the, where the community itself recognises that in that building, in that meeting, lives are changed. Marriages are rebuilt. Kids find hope again. Young people, young people find a reason to keep going in buildings like that. We don't have to go to the services, although that they're helpful, but where is it about Jesus and Jesus' love? Where does that connection take place? And so recognising coming out of the other end of my journey with Benevolent Society and domestic violence, I also found futility because it has to be with Jesus. So miraculously, he brings me all the way back. And as a broken and dysfunctional person, I land at the back of new life of all places, Rabina. And I sit, my wife and I, Marianne, we sit for two years just healing, listening to messages about the missional call of Jesus and the missional call of the church. And once again, things reignite in our hearts that maybe, just maybe, the church can be the change that the community needs to see. And then somehow I land at New Life Care and a vacancy appears and I apply and I land and now I'm just in this place, in this building that birthed such incredible vision and mission in our community. But my hope is again that let's not just be that Sunday gathering of people, but let's just be missional in all that we do from Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, that when people encounter us, they say they shine like the stars because they're holding on to the word of life. What does that mean? What does that look like? So if, you're, if, you, if you've been in church for a while and you're disillusioned like I was and you see needs and hurts and pains around you and you just wonder how can the church make that difference again? then I hope that this afternoon that there's something in it for you. 
If you've been in the church for a while and you're disillusioned because you know you've got something stirring, you haven't given up hope on the church, but you just don't know where you fit because the structured programs maybe that the church offers, wherever that is, just sits outside. Then you think, oh, maybe I don't fit. What's God asking me to do? Or maybe you're just new to this whole thing called Christianity and you're wondering, Does this, is this just another thing I do on a Sunday afternoon or is this actually true that this is good news for the poor, the good news for the lonely? Then my hope is this afternoon that there is something that God can do in our hearts to resonate with you. So three challenges that I'd like to throw out. First of all, One of the things that I think has, um, has made a, a significant impact that's cut us off is this idea of um, the platform and that all ministry and all activity happens here or it happens by people who are chosen to be here or have titles. We've professionalised and centralised loving people which is different to ministry. I find it, find it really frustrating and disappointing, even in the social service space, is that we will get, we used to get, and even at New Life Care, we'll get referrals in from people who see or engage with a neighbour who has a significant problem of loneliness, social isolation, or mental health concerns. And their immediate call is not to engage in a conversation with them, but it's to phone a professional. Where's a referral point? Where's an organisation? Where's an agency? And I wonder if, if God has placed something in our hearts to make a difference, if that was a divine appointment for us, then what was our role in that conversation? Can we once again regain the sense of hope and confidence and call that we are called for a purpose, we are positioned for a conversation? Yeah, there is a need for professional services, and centralised activity within the church, absolutely. It's not either or, it's both and. When you leave this building into your workplaces, you carry the church with you. When you go to the clubs and organisations and the PNCs and the committees and the university spaces and the social gatherings, you are carrying something. Are we shining like the stars where we go? One of the ways to, um, if we just go to the, the next one from the platform to the, the people and then one more after that. Let's go one more again. Here's, here's an idea that a guy called Erwin McManus talked about and it really, really resonated with me. It's based on a passage out of Acts 17 where Paul was in Athens and he was greatly distressed at the worshipping of idols in the city. So he went to the Jewish synagogues. He went to the first space the meeting places, the churches, Rabina, New Life, Brisbane, New Life, places that are created for us, for people like us, which is great. We need that. And the call then is Paul couldn't get the answers that he was looking for to deal with these worshipping of idols in the community. So he went to the marketplace he went to the second space. And the goal of the second space is thus from the first space is to go out into the market space and then invite them back in to the first place. 
helpful, useful, necessary. The challenge is there's also a third space. The third space is a space that's occupied by the 22 million people that are not like us, that they are not for us. In Acts 17, it talks about the Arapagus. I think it's Arapagus. My theology and my pronunciation is not really good. Let's just go with that organisation. Who were the council who, who governed the, the, the oversight of all of the religions and the idols within the city of Athens? So if you wanted authority to do anything, you had to go there. Paul was talking in and around the community and these people in the third space, and this is the challenge, is the only way you can get to the third space is if you're invited. So Paul was talking within the second space and the, and, and the people of the Areopagus invited him. They took him in and said, tell us what you're talking about. Again, the invitation, we talk about salt and light. Are we, are we, in how we engage in our conversations, attractive enough, appealing enough for people to be intrigued about how we operate, what we do, how we think, how we engage? I want to know more about your God to the third space. The challenge with the third space is that people who play in the third space is, are often regarded as heretics by people from the first space. How on earth are you mixing with them? Do you not get that? Like that they, this is how they behave. This is what they think. It's a little bit like going to a, uh, this pops up for me sometimes in multi-faith type meetings. There's this sense of, it's an Old Testament idea, this multi-faith thing where uh, a gathering of people and there's this sense of fear, like am I going to catch something? Um, you know, and, and even in the Old Testament idea is this unclean, 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 and, and you have to stay away. And then suddenly if you did something or touched someone or does something, man, there's a whole process you've got to go through to become clean, again, to re-engage with community. Rightful, good, get it. But the New Testament is not that. The New Testament makes the unclean clean by going into it, not by staying away from it. Jesus has won the victory. We should not be afraid of anything. So when we go into these third spaces, carrying something of the love of Christ and operating out of the fruits of the Spirit, it's a little bit like these streams of living water that come through us. Think of it as love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity. Just because that's where we're at. Are our workplaces experiencing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness? Or do we look and feel like everybody else that's in our workplaces? I think that's our invitation into the third space. And it's critically important. Critically important. I just encourage you to be thinking about moving the power from the platform to the people. We need both. Because if we don't do this, the burden that sits on Alex and the leader's shoulders becomes heavy because suddenly it's all up to him and all up to the front. This is about mobilising the body of Christ to take up the mantle and get involved in the places that God has got you involved in without defaulting to, I don't think I can pray right, I don't think I've got the right theology, I don't read my Bible enough. I don't. Can you love people? Can you listen? Can you be there? Feel the prompt. Oh, 
just thinking of that person. Maybe I'll just send them a text. How are you going? Driving past a house. Oh, I've thought about them. Send them a text. Drop in a loaf of bread. God, I believe, is prompting us often with divine appointment opportunities or, or, or prophetic words to be able to just share or connect with people all the time. That's our invitation. It doesn't have to be professional or central. The invitation is for all of us. So there's the three spaces. The other area that we can look into as well is to start with where we're at. And for this, I just want to share a story about a couple down at New Life Rabina called Pam and Wavell Faulkner. At New Life Rabina, we have a food pantry. And the food pantry relies on donations of food to come in. And when we have a deficit, we have to raise money and people putting dollars in or we do fun- get some funding to try and cover for the pantry. This couple, Pam and Wavell, thought, you know what, we can do something. We can do something in our street. So they grabbed a handful of these cloth bread bags that we had and they went door knocking up and down their street and say, hey, at our church, we collect food for people in need. Would you be interested if I gave you this red bag over the next two to four weeks to fill it with these items and gave them a little card with some items on it? They said, yeah, sure, I'd love to help. Not only did it build relationship and connection in the street in which that they lived, it was super functional for people. I can practically do something. It was a conversation starter among one another. And at the end of the month, they'd all gather and put all of the bags out together and just sort of celebrate what they'd done with the community. Pam and Wavell would then bring those bags and drop them into New Life Care. We'd pray over them. And then that food became a blessing to the community. It blessed from the moment it was being collected because a couple of people had said, you know what, I can do something with that. I don't need a program, I don't need a permission, I don't need insurance cover, I don't need a title, I don't need anything, I can just do something. Start with where you're at. Where has God got you, where has God got you placed? What's stirring? What's stirring for you? The third area is this idea I like to call a call to small. And this speaks back to where I began with, I think we get captivated with the big. We're going to change the world. We're going to change our city. We're going to change our community. Can we change our next door neighbor's, a relationship with our next door neighbor? Can we change the vibe in our lunchroom? Can we create a conversation with the school or the leaders that we're in and working at? What's happening in our local soccer club or a tennis, a tennis club or a community centre? Can we start with there, that call to small? The thing with Jesus that I found fascinating is that the larger the gatherings got, the more awkward the whole thing became. And then he started to get, well, like, this is the call, this is what it's, oh, this is all too hard. And they walked away. And there was just a handful of people left. And Jesus said, well, are you going to stay? Are you going to go as well or are you sticking with me? No, no, where else would we go? You carry the word of life. And so off they go again, a small group. Jesus' whole ministry was a call to small. He just noticed people beautifully. When he was walking along, he was alert to a person sitting in the street, somebody standing in the counter in front of them. Just things like, oh, I've got a real prompt. Maybe I should buy the coffee for the person behind me. Great. There's a $5 thing that's not a program or anything, but it's just it's a blessing to people. Shall I mow the neighbor's lawn? 
is there a person that lives in my street that needs a sh- that, that would probably appreciate a morning tea trip? Let's go to the shopping centre one morning or something, you know? A call to small. Don't ever underestimate the power of these interactions and these invitations and opportunities. God can do incredible things. And what that means is the barriers to engagement, to mission, are no longer there. You know what I mean? There's this idea... And this is the both end. There's an idea about formal and informal ministry. Now, we need formal programs. We do need programs. We need structure. We need insurance. And we need to be able to have good governance. Absolutely. But if we waited for formal covering for everything that we did, there'd only be that much that would probably get done. And the people that had all of this passion, I don't know about you, but I have these great and wonderful ideas. I think, let's go do this and let's do that. By the time you've got all of the permissions and the forms and the insurances and all that sort of stuff, the energy's gone. Like, you just don't want to do anything anymore. And you go, just capture the energy at the beginning. Let's just get started. Now, both are required because we need to be provided by, with good governance. But don't discount this idea also that there are informal components that you can just trial and seed stuff. Let's have a crack and say, we've got a good idea. To chat with Alex and the team about, let's try this. Now, there'll be things that will fit with the formal key structures and processes and programs that the church needs to do. Fabulous. That's part of what we do, New Life Brizzy, as a formal organisation that is shooting forward in the missional agenda of the church. But there may be people in and around the fringe playing in the third space. Ask the question, what's God got for you? Because if you want to engage in an adventure with Jesus, if you want to be re-inspired by what it means to share good news and see lives transformed and changed, don't wait for what happens at the front. Stir what's going on inside and I invite you to step in and just have a go. That's where the adventure is. That's where the adventure is. I like to think of it... uh, a little bit like it's the, the ministry of getting involved. There are, here's a really quick short story. <clears throat> there was a group on the Gold Coast that were running a show, Madrabah show it was, the Madrabah show, and the organising committee lacked some key people to be able to get involved and run the, organi- the, the show. Across the road from the Madrabah show was a significant, the only second, second one that's on the Gold Coast, a fairly significant Mormon church. Super passionate about community, Mormons are, super passionate. They recognised that there was a huge need within the Madrabah show society and said, we'll get involved in that. Let's, so, so now they said, we got utes, we can do that. And they said, well, you need people on the committee, we can do that. Now... There's this knitting together of the Madrabah show, which is a significant show on the Gold Coast, and the Mormon church, simply because there were vacancies and they stepped in. There were vacancies and they stepped in. The invitations, I believe, are there for the Christian church all of the time. Local netball clubs, scout clubs, guide clubs, if you like, PNCs. Name your committees. Often scream, Neighbourhood Watch is another one. Often screaming for leaders, for presidents, for secretaries, for whatever. If those opportunities pop up, consider them as doorways to mission. Doorways to mission and see what God does. And see what God does. 
One of the things that we would like to do, just wrapping up now, one of the things that we would like to do for, for New Life Care, and here's the invitation. I've spoken with Alex about this, and it'll take a little bit of work to put some packaging around it, if you like. But we would like to make available to New Life Brisbane $5,000 for people who have ideas that are stirring inside of them. So let's call it for, for one of an example, and it may not land like this, but here's an example. Five $1,000 seed funding grants. That if you've got something, you go, I've got this idea stirring in me, but I just, I just need a few hundred bucks or I need $1,000. Or if I had $1,500, I could start this. I could make a difference with this. Sit with that. Pray on it. New Life Care, empowering local people to bring local good, would like to partner with you and try and bless you with some seed funding to go, you know what? God might be on this. Let's throw some money at it and see what happens. Now, something may not happen, but hey, we've had a crack. We've had a crack. So watch this space for seed funding. And if you've got ideas, the other thing that I want you to do, the next slide that pops up, it's got my uh, email and mobile number on it. What I'd like to do is come up to Brisbane over three, the, over three to four nights and sit with a group of people where this type of a story is resonating. And you go, there's something about working in the community that just stirs for me. Could we just get a group of like-minded people together and just ask some questions? What does that look like? What would that, what's my experience been? Where, where do we as a body of people find ourselves? If you begin to map where each of us work and the influences that we have and go, okay, as that, as a group of resource, throwing some money into mission and go, okay, think of the number of places that we can impact. Oh my gosh. I'll work with Alex to set up some dates for three to four weeks to come up midweek, probably with, with do it over a meal where we meet or find that out, but just to sit with people and get our hearts stirred about what God might be doing in the places of mission. Now, there will be core mission priorities of New Life Brisbane as in a formal state. We will support that. We'll stand with that absolutely. And I'm talking about the small seed funding opportunities where God might be stirring in you that you think, that's a crazy idea, but gee, I'd love 500 bucks to throw at it. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Father God, I want to thank you for this building and this group of people who out of which a hundred years ago birthed such significant organisations that brought change to our state and our nation. Father, I believe wholeheartedly, prophetically that in this building and with this people today, you are stirring the hearts of your people again. Still, you have placed us in relationships, in families, in streets, in buildings, in social circles and social settings to be influencers and to bring social change and social transformation. I pray for your wisdom, Lord. I pray for your favour. I pray for visions and dreams, Father, to stir again. Lord, we know the Christian church is the only way to bring change a body of believers that stand together shining like the stars as we hold on to the word of life. May we shine this week as we leave this place into our mission field and may lives be changed as a result. I just will I'll hand over it now, but just to, uh, as a way to finish, 
Um, at, at the end, Alex said that people just sort of linger in the building. If people want to come and, pray, uh, and want prayer for release into something, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to, uh, to pray into, into that where you feel like, you know what? I just feel like God wants to say or do something to me. They come up for some prayer after, but let's just finish with, uh, with worshiping God. Hey? Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you would like prayer, you can contact us at church.nu or through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray you have a great week. Be blessed.